and welcome to the Knock On, KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Johnny Tobin from Tuller Rugby Club and James Blanchfield from Kilkenny Rugby Club. We discussed lots, including a review of the first weekend of Leinster League games for Carlo, Kilkenny and Tullow and other club action. We preview the games this weekend. We talk about the 50-man panel named for the Irish rugby camp with no Simon Zebo. Johnny Sexton, is it time to see him dropped from the Ireland squad to bring youth through? We have a look at Leinster against the Vodacom Bulls this weekend in the United Rugby Championship and where Leinster are going forward. And Munster, what's needed for them to be back at the top table? We preview their game against the Celsi Sharks as well and we talk about the up-and-coming talent in Leinster and Munster. Um, we're joined this week by James Blanchfield and Johnny Tobin. We've no Tom Crotty tonight. Um, before we continue on with the podcast, just want to pass on our condolences to Tom Crotty and his family. His mother uh, passed away today, um, the day the podcast has been recorded. So our condolences to his family. And I'm sure the other two fellas will uh, join in with that as well. Indeed, Jim. Condolences yeah. to Kenny RLC to Tom. Stay from yeah. Absolutely. Um, right, lads. Uh, first weekend of the Leinster League happened. <laughs> uh, a bit of a mixed bag, but I'm going to have to start with Kilkenny because they were out first on Saturday. Um, James Blanchfield, you were not happy. You's lost, um, <laughs> but you weren't happy. The WhatsApp group, my hand was go- going red. The phone was heating up in my hand. What What happened? Look, we we went down very very positive. We knew we knew all week we may have a scrum issue, which which did raise its head. Um, there was probably seven, maybe eight scrum penalties against us in the game, and a penalty try off of scrums. So we probably conceded about sixteen points off scrums or scrum penalties. But in all, we gave them, we we played the better rugby. We scored two. Two really tries. One of them was a sensational score. Um, Aidan McDonald went in from about 40 metres out, but the work was done for maybe five or six phases play inside in our own half. Um, Jake McDonald floated an absolutely incredible pass out to the left, skipped two of our own guys to find a two-man overlap out wide, fed Hugh Corkery, Hugh fed Aidan, and Aidan just went for it back himself the whole way. Didn't have to use the second man on the overlap on the outside. Um, we were in contr- cruise control in the game, but for whatever reason, I don't know, um, refereeing decisions went against us after that. And we are questionable, and I know the lads have done a review on it this week, but there was 60-40 calls that went, 60-40 calls in our favour that we feel that went the opposite way. We were very, very aggrieved after it. Um, you know, we're not meant to call out referees on performances and whatnot, but referee that was there that day normally is normally gives a better performance than he did but we feel really aggrieved with uh, some of the decisions that went against us would they have had a tangible impact on the outcome of the game you'll never know but you know it definitely there definitely was a momentum shift with some with, with some of the calls that went against us besides that you know we finished what we were eight three up at half time five minutes into the second half we were 10 points down and at that stage it was damage limitation um, really, really was damage limitation. But in fairness to our guys, they shoulder down and uh, got it back to get a bonus point out of it. And in the last minute or two, we genuinely could have taken the game with us. But probably 
lack of composure, maybe wrong players in the right place, um, you know, where you needed a forward to take it on close to the line. A winger was there who got blown back, um, ultimately succumbed to the gory pressure. But, you know, a lot of positives for us, a lot of things to work on out of it. In the, um, our defence was incredible. Our attack play was super. Our line-out was very, very good. Um, just the scrum let us down, and ultimately that's what cost us the game. Taking nothing away from Gorey, they're a really good side. But as I said last week, they play they, they play a style of rugby, and it's 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 attritional, it's physical, and you must you must match them physically wise if you're going to beat them. And unfortunately, some of the breakdowns we didn't, and definitely at scrum time we were we were out we were outlast, and unfortunately that's why we we, we lost. But um, look at some positives. A couple of changes on the sideline made made a huge difference to the scrum. We introduced Brian Howe at loose head, Louis Venter at hooker, and moved Dave O'Connor up into the second row to get a bit more ballast on the on, on, on the loose head side there. When that happened, um, the scrum started to get better. Penalties started to reduce. So, you know, a couple of learnings from that. Um, the seconds, despite the final scoreline, I think they were beating 18 nil or 20 nil. That was the 18-20 was the 18 points or 20 points to nil was the score after 15 minutes and that's the way it ended you know so they booked up their performance they defended really well but just did everything but score you know so that's mm-hmm. probably the next step but it was quite a young seconds team that went down as well with them um, with with we, Kind of a young, yeah, young seconds team, but it was a lot of kind of lads just chucked in as well to get numbers up or to get a bit of experience onto the field. So, you know, as the season progresses now, hopefully the seconds can start getting getting wins under their belt as well. And uh, fingers crossed, get points on the board. And, you know, winning is a habit and it's kind of good for culture and good for morale to start winning games. So, Setonians at home this weekend. So, hopefully we can get, uh, we can go one better this week and get, get the win and not just the bonus point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's three o'clock in Fuchstown on Saturday. Uh, Johnny, you got yourselves off to a winning start anyway. Uh, 23-13 over Mullingar. And uh, good old numbers turning up to train as well, you were saying. Yeah, they've improved. Um, I think they improved massively last week. Last Friday was the best session we had. I think there was 25 or 6 guys there and the same on Tuesday. Um, good performance by the lads. Um Again, it's a, it's a team that has never played together. A lot of young lads coming back. The likes is great to see Jay Leonard back into the first team. He went away to Dublin for a year there to play, and he's back down. Uh, Keane Leonard is there. Gareth Fitzgerald is back involved in the first team. Paul Canavan is now taking over the role of uh, 10 from William. Um, and didn't didn't miss a beat, in fairness. Paul is probably one of the best players we had on Sunday. Um, off the tee, sure, he's exceptionally good. And out of hand, it's just... He's very, very deceiving. You don't know what he's going to do. So, um, really good and really positive. Um, we have Wicklow away next week, which isn't easy because Wicklow went to Longford and got a win, which could be at the end of the year a league deciding win for them. Longford is a very hard place to go and get a win, and uh, they came out with a one point win. So, all focus on Wicklow this Sunday. Um, but yeah, last Sunday was good, it was really, really good. Uh, builds up the morale, like James saying, for Kenny as well, trying to get a win there next week for them. Um, builds up confidence in the lads and might get a few more numbers back to training, you know. We're a bit Absolutely. snookered this week because uh, football championship is Saturday um, and we have about seven or eight lads involved in football championship this Saturday. So unlikely they'll feature for a team this weekend with us. 
you know. Yeah. So, but look at it is what it is. We are where we are. That's it. And depending on how they get on, it could be five or six weekends where they're gone. There's five rounds of the football, then quarters, semis, and finals. So, yeah. it's a long time to be missing a few lads as well, Johnny. It is. It pulls away from it. What it does, it, it, it affects our, re- our chances really of getting the seconds team because we have a group of 23, 24 first players. Um, and then if you take five or six of them out, it pulls away from our seconds players. So, look at we are where we are, but stay on the positive side of things. Going to Wicklow this weekend. <laughs> Not Game 1B, Johnny, is probably the favourites would probably no disrespect to anyone else, but would be at Wicklow and Longford, is it? Ah, they would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be, of course. Wicklow have a Fijian player. They got a Fijian guy in this year. I believe he's oh, well over six foot and he's 120 something kilos. Um, Seven It's meant to be a powerhouse. Over six foot. Six foot, sorry. Yeah, well, well over. I think he's six. <laughs> I think he's six six or six seven or something like that. He's meant to be a big unit of a fella. Um, a big tanked up as well on the coaching ticket as well, haven't it? Yeah, Dan Vanzil is taking the wheel there. Look at they're they're a club that are moving forward rapidly um, on all aspects. Like the development of their clubhouse and stuff has been fantastic in fairness to them. Their coaching tickets at both women and men's level is second to none. So it's going to be a hard task. Um, If I'm here next Thursday talking that we won in Wicklow, things are going well in the Black Gates. Indeed, yeah. Because like on our side, on our side in in 1A, you know, everyone was talking Ashburn, 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 but Ashburn got absolutely annihilated by Dundalk the weekend. I think it was 42 points to nil. Yeah, shocking result, albeit they had a player sent off. um, Yeah, but one lad sent off is not worth 42 points. No, like, and I mean, Ashburn, Ashburn are still the defending champions, you know. Um, mm. They won. They they won the last league before before the season was pulled. They didn't get to go into the round robin, which they're probably kicking themselves over because they probably had a good chance then of going senior. But um, to lose yeah, forty two points to nil, you know, even like the loss, not getting a bonus point, the minus score and difference, everything for them could have a big say at the end of the season. You know. Yeah, well, the um, points difference, the mindset even. Yeah. You know, now they were missing a lot of players. I see Gavin Kennedy wasn't playing. Simon Devey or Dippy, the number eight, had to go off injured after five or ten minutes. So, kind of there too, mm. the Ashbourne main, kind of main guys main in the team. But even if for Dundalk, like Simon O'Shea, that was with, with us for the last ten years, has gone up to Dundalk because he's living up there now. But like he's an animal tight head, but he's actually playing loose head for Dundalk because they have a fella on the tight side that's better than him. You know. Dundalk could be a serious loss that he reckoned with as well. Pardon? Simon O'Shea is nothing to be snubbed at. He's the next no, one's going to join. You know, so, you know, Dundalk could be a surprise package this year. You know, it's, it's a bit early to be calling it, but to beat Ashbourne by that amount is it's a statement of intent. Yeah. There's a bit of chit chat during the week. I was listening to a few of us down in Kilkenny having a chat there, and lads were saying that Dundalk would have been the guys that we would have been taught were going to go down this year. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go and trump the lads who would have walked. You would imagine they're going to walk it. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's junior rugby for you, lads. It is, yeah, yeah you know, it's got momentum. Yeah. Absolutely. Good shift for Dundalk and first of mm. Absolutely. Um, Johnny, your women uh, were in the Paul Flood 
uh, semi-finals, but uh, went to extra time, um, but they uh, lost out in the end. Um, but the club is hosting the finals at the Paul Cusick and Paul Flood this weekend. Yeah, they're on Saturday. Um, the girls were unlucky. I, I wasn't at the game, no, I heard it was a cracker of a game. I did the extra time. Um, and I think Belvo scored in the last couple of minutes to, to close it out. Um, the Paul Flood Cup final has actually been moved. It's not going to be in Tulla this weekend. It's meant to be in Dublin now on Sunday. I was chatting to Cora Brown last night. She told me Blackrock can't feel for Saturday, so it's moved to Sunday in in Dublin. But the two Paul Cusack played and Cup are going to be played and the Paul Flood plate will be played in the club. And they kick off from 12 o'clock out there in the club. And the women are actually doing um, kind of a fundraiser now out there. So they'll be doing the gate and they'll have a bake sale and they'll be selling teas and coffees and stuff like that out there as well during the day. So if anyone wants to go out and watch a game or even just donate or something for the women, it's just to get them a bit of gear and balls and cones and stuff like that and stuff they're looking for, new kit and stuff. So anything at all, anyone wants to go out and donate, it'd be great for the girls. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, Carlo picked up a win as well in their first match back as well. Mm. Um, they're in Oak Park and they're on the road uh, this weekend as well. They're heading to play uh, Mullingar, um, unless that match is called off, um, which would be, um, you know, um, yeah. on to on to the death of Tom Crotty's mom. Tom, of course, the president of Carl Roby Club. So with the wait and see there. But as of this podcast recorded on Thursday evening, uh, we know word of that yet. That'll be uh, decided. Um, but yeah, so a busy, busy weekend. Um, a good few Very derby games. Weekend. Yeah, a good few derby games mm. as well down on the the girls' levels and uh, youths as well. You've Kilkenny against mm. the Rhinos uh, tomorrow yeah. evening, Friday evening. That's in the uh, Southeast Under 16 competition. There's a couple of other little uh, derby games across the weekend there. Yeah, there's a good few. Yeah, we we have fought under fourteen boys versus Cardo on half ten Sunday morning or on Saturday morning. Under thirteen boys versus Cardo in Carlo. And the under eighteen girls have gotten a walk over against Enniscorty, I believe. The under eighteen but and the under eighteen boys are in Enniscorty. And then on Friday night, as you alluded to Stephen, the under sixteen girls are playing the Rhinos and then the under sixteen boys are playing Carlo in Carlo. So Nice it's handy a, journey. It's a up. busy weekend for you, rugby. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So our, our fixtures haven't been actually released for Saturday because we're trying to find venues because we're hosting the Paul Flood and Paul Cusack uh, finals. So we're trying to find venues at the minute for our home games and stuff like that. I do know our under 14s are traveling to New Ross, uh, or actually playing New Ross, sorry, in Tullow tomorrow night. Um, that's the only fixture that has been confirmed. Um, the rest are still up in the air as of now to try. We have three pitches, but we, we have three finals going on. We have very little space. We have oh. only two sets of goalposts as well at the minute. The third set hasn't went up. Put but, down uh, jumpers there. Huh? Put down a jump, two, uh, two jumpers for goalposts. Two, two jumpers, uh, just kick it into it. But just oh. on the Carlo thing there, because I know Tom would have mentioned it, just uh, wish uh, Ross Elms a speedy recovery. Ross done his Achilles heel last oh. weekend. Um, he's Carlo captain. He's captain, yeah. Yeah, had a cap, uh, an operation there on Monday and is in recovery stage at the minute. So just giving yeah. Ross all the best there. He'll play number eight for Carlo this year, isn't he? Yeah, he's number eight this year, yeah. That's a good fella. He's, yeah, he's a dynamic ball carrier as well. I always yeah. remember like when he took the ball on, he always made he always made he, he made it beyond the game like rarely, rarely he no. was uh went back. Very, very rarely see Ross go backwards. Yeah. Very, very rarely. 
Indeed, indeed, never like that. Just like you, Johnny, as well. We actually have a bit of a fundraiser going on in the club on Saturday as well. We have what one, two, three, four home games. So the under 16 and under 18 boys teams are doing kind of a what is it, a sausage sizzle, as they're calling a bit of a barbecue, selling, um, selling stuff. To great, raise great, money for what's that? The great head and sausage sizzle, yeah, <laughs> I know, it. yeah. Um, raising money for they're going overseas on a tour hopefully at the end of the season so oh, nice. um, fingers fingers crossed no, we actually have a brilliant lady involved with those teams Bernie Bass is her name uh, she's she's from New Zealand and she lives and breathes rugby and there's loads being involved so I think it's 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 her brainchild the sausage sizzle it has, actually has a kiwi old ring has a bit kiwi doesn't it Bernie's looking after that she was telling me today she has two or three hundred sausages purchased and three hundred two or three hundred rolls so you know anyone who's passing Foogstown or drop, even dropping in for a cup of coffee into make sure to buy a few uh, hot dog rolls from the lads when you're at it yeah, absolutely absolutely um yeah so that's the story so busy weekend in store and um, the weather's still holding up relatively anyway lads it's quite unseasonably warm for this time of the year as well so not really yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's a bit too warm for that crack um mm. Yeah, it's strange. Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather says that the temperatures this month are being extremely high. Like it's very heavy in that as well. But oh, sure, we'll be giving out about. Yeah, it is absolutely wet Sunday. Wet Sunday. Yeah, wet Sunday, yeah. Wet Sunday, so. yeah. I was mentioning global warning. Don't don't tell Danny Healy Ray. Your lads will get covered in muck, Johnny. They won't know what's after happening them. We're going to Wicklow, yeah. We want to what's going on. <laughs> Actually, did you see Boys that? Uh, Joe Marler's oh, tweet yeah. to ban the 4G or the 5G pitches immediately. What uh, was the grounds for that? Did someone get injured on them or was he playing on them or something? Or what was he it? He got a carpet burn or something off one of them. Oh, did he? I think he got a burn on his elbow or something. All right, pretty good. Lots of people playing Yeah, it does. It takes a few layers of skin, lads. It's not nice. Yeah, the older ones would have. The newer, modern ones yeah. don't. They're not, they're not as severe. The young lads in, in Kilkenny, we played in Black Rock last, last Wednesday there, and their one is an old-style one now, and the young lads are cut up this week. <laughs> Elbows and knees are in absolute ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for them now, Rant. I'm just yeah, saying the, the, the old ones are a little bit different. Yeah, the old pitches <laughs> had proper rubber fibre, whereas the newer stuff is more acrylic. Um, yeah, it's more it's a breathable. Sort of it's not, as, it's not yeah. as heavy on the elbows and knees. Right, yeah. okay. You don't fancy going black to have a play a match on, on the old Astro, Johnny, no? <laughs> no, 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 no. Get the knees no. off you. That conversation um, is, 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 is not going to happen. <laughs> absolutely. Um, lads, the URC is kicking off this weekend as well. But if we, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, Andy Farr named the 50-man uh, panel for a one-day camp. Um, the usual faces on it, a couple of new faces uh, in it as well. But no Simon Zebo was probably the headline that the media went with because all the talk was will he come back and he'll walk straight into that team. I'm not surprised that he's not on it. No. He has, and it's just he hasn't played any games for Munster. There's no uh, what do you call it, form chart to go off or anything like that. He didn't do the summer tours or anything like that, so it's not not a surprise. No, but when he was at Rassam, was he in form? Well, he wasn't starting every week. Yeah, well, I, think that's probably more to, you know. I think that's probably more to do with the racing policy, though. He was, Remember, he was injured for 
probably two thirds of the way through the season last year. He did get an injury, so he was out for seven or eight weeks with that as well. But you're right, Stephen. Like, I mean, I think it's a bit silly in the papers to be latching on no Simon Zebo. You know, I mean, there's other players probably in the country who are more deserving to be in it who aren't in it. You know, as we said earlier on, like Tom Daly not being in it is potentially a bigger story than Zebo not being in it. Mm. He hasn't played games. They have nothing to judge him on. You know. He has to go prove himself. He probably won't be in the. He probably won't be in a Six Nations squad unless he has a sensational start to the season with Munster. Yeah, he needs to know. Realistically, it could take autumn or summer internationals or to get him to get himself re-established back into the squad. And don't forget, he'll be thirty-two by then as well. You know, and yeah. not old. Like the young wingers and pullbacks there. Yeah, it's going to be very hard to dislodge the likes of Hugo Keenan. And that Hugo Keenan has played the last 14, is it? All all the four, last 14 Irish games he started. Yeah, he's just so consistent, no. though. Ultra consistent. Yeah. And that's the name of the game, I think, for a full back, anyway. If you remember when, when Ian Madigan came back to Ulster, there was all the talk of the out-half problem was solved. Madigan was going to come back in and play. Madigan doesn't even get on the bench for Ulster. No, which is sad to see as well because he's a decent player. But um, yeah, he's not getting a show in no, at all. It's um, great to see Will Addison back in it as well. Like, yeah, here's a fellow yeah. that will have like he is class. Like if he just if, he if is he, good. He's been so unlucky. If he gets a run at it, he's he, like yeah, he's not kind of how would you say a blockbuster player. But everything he does, he hits so hard. He he does everything well. Like you know. Yeah, he doesn't set the world alight, but he doesn't do anything wrong either. Yeah. To be fair. But you imagine having a fullback problem of Hugo Keenan and Will Allison both on form. Yeah. yeah. Um, no thanks. Wouldn't like that of, headache. Exactly. And then you've other you've you've other possible options with Jordan Larmer, who's out of form. Um a couple of other lads there as well. Um mm. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock the boat now and I think it's time to move on, and I think it's time Sexton's so I, I, I generally do. I think Sexton needs to be needs to become yesterday's news, and I think he's not going to be here forever. We're about eighteen months out from a World Cup. I think now is the time potentially to, even six months ago, was the time to start making that change and having a succession plan ready to go. Realistically, he, is he going to hit? The, is he going to hit the World Cup? It's hard no. to see that. You know, no, Warren Gatlin didn't bring him to South Africa for a reason. Hmm. You know. Ian Henderson was given out about Warren Gatland, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would too. Really I was on two tours and get one test. <laughs> yeah, but like, but it, is Carberry yeah. the answer to the question? Is Billy Burns the answer to the question? Is one of the Burn brothers the answer? I actually would... think Harry Burns is the best option out of the Yeah, he's, he's class. I, yeah, you mm-hmm. won't know till they're given a chance. Like, I think just, right. I think Carrie and Sexton. I think it's. I, I genuinely think it's just time now to. Say, look at Johnny, so what, it's been a good ride. Thanks, Emil. Good luck. Yeah, what do you reckon, James? One more Six Nations with Johnny, and then that's it. Drop him off the panel or drop him now. That's the worst decision ever because it's the, like the one before this, the World Cup is not yeah. the one to blood in the young lad, it's the one before you know, that. It's this yeah, one is the time to blood him in. In and Ireland, no. we have an awful, an awful, I suppose, process of peaking. Two Six Nations out from a World Cup when all the other lads are going to go and play fair play to the Ireland team yeah, chill out this there. time. <laughs> and we get we lose we lose the total run of ourselves, and then we get to the World Cup and we're scratching our head, going, "What's going wrong?" Like mm. you can't keep that level of intensity going, that level of performance going. Like I think, you know, if I was Andy Farrell, which I'm not, and he, he was, he, he's a far better rugby man than I am, and knows a lot more than 
than I ever will. But I think I, I think it's time now. Go into the next Six Nations and give Carberry a shot. Try to burn, uh, try one, one of the two burns from Leinster's. Is Billy Burns the guy? I don't know. Um, but we'll never know. Like, I mean, yeah. let's give it a go. Look at John Marcus Smith in England. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know he's he, he's box office, like you know, because he's getting his chance, and it's probably something that we're even in the provinces in Ireland, we're always seem to be just particularly Munster and Leinster sometimes just slow to give the younger guys their chance. Just I, I think yeah. let them in if you're good enough, you're old enough. The, the big issue, James, is that Johnny's just so good. Um, but I I agree with I agree you that with it is time to drop him. It's just the gulf is so big. Mm. between Johnny and everything else. As, from what I, I'm a huge, obviously, Johnny fan, Leinster fan, all that. But I do agree with you, it's time to bring that young lad in. Mm. Then, like you said, you look at Joey Carberry, has a few games back, hasn't set the world alight. Yeah. Uh, Ross Byrne, he's good, he's consistent. He'll do the job, tick the boxes, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Um, Billy Burns, I don't even know why he's on the squad. Um, but Harry Byrne... <laughs> No, I've no mm -hmm. time for Billy Burns uh, for a number of reasons, um, mm -hmm. but the definitely Ropey is obviously one of them. Just, just I just don't understand it, and I never did will. He, did he take your point on this one one night? Or... Oh, more than likely. I, I just I, I, I throw a real curveball in here. I don't agree with you that Johnny is that good because Johnny Sexton is not able to consistently play for sixty or seventy minutes. Oh, no, anyway. no, but his level, his, his, his level. Uh, yeah, yeah, his level, level. Like, his level, regardless of his you game know. time, you know, his skill but, level is what I mean, and that's the problem. Yeah, but, but his game yeah. time is what's going to benefit Erlen, not his skill set. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. If he can leader, his, 15 minutes and get a bang to the head or yeah, get another injury like, or whatever, not having his leadership is going to be an issue, but you're yeah. not going to replace him unless he's there. Look at when, when, there, when O'Driscoll left, not having his leadership was going to be an issue the following year that, that trumps the Six Nations. The, yeah. the, even he said it himself, the boys don't seem to miss me a bit. And he was the mm. biggest the biggest star we've ever had. Yeah. Bigger than any Johnny Sexton I, or any Paul O'Connell. I've, like, I've been, yeah. I just don't know. I, I just I think Joey Carberry is not the, pro, uh, the solution either because they're looking at him at a 15 now. Like he's kind of... Yeah. Like wasn't he in... From Munster there, didn't he play a couple of games 15? He did on the way back to get me into yeah, his way back think, in. But I think by the time, what was if you've got you coming back with an ankle or a knee injury, would you put him at 15 where he's going to be going as an aerial threat more because yeah, to yeah. cause another yeah, harm? That's good point, Johnny. Out of the way, you know. Yeah. So, you know, when when Joey he, was with Leinster, I was a huge fan. Um, but when they started moving him back to full back and start playing him there, you knew something was seriously mm. up. Leo didn't see him as an out half, it just wasn't working out. I don't think anybody I, does. Yeah, I've been willing, sort of Carberry to be the ten. I, you know, it's to come on, like Joy, step up. You know, you know, mm. you're sort of looking at these players. You're like, come on, Ross Byrne, now give it socks and mm -hmm. give Johnny Sexton something to be worried about or whatever like that. But it hasn't happened. Um, uh, I definitely think Ross Byrne has a place on the bench or whatever it is like mm. that. He's a good, decent, solid player. But Harry Byrne, like you were saying or touched on earlier, James, I think is possibly the next. Best apparently thing. he's box office. Yeah, you know his brain. His brain is anyway. I've watched mm -hmm. just even playing he's, for Ireland, Leinster. He's, he's just like yeah. Oh, he's a quick he thinker. Is. He's a chancer. But and he's know, a physical presence too for an out half. Yeah, yeah. He right. get in on shots, you know, and that's yeah. where we're going at the minute. Like Cabri is just that little bit too small for. Yeah, he's a looking all right, you know. 
yeah. you know. Well, like aside that, I'm just looking at the Irish squad here. Like, there's no major, major surprises in it. Like, you know, it's no. I think it's great to see Finney and Rachel Lee in it. I think it's uh, just reward for his for his endeavours in Munster over the last couple of seasons. You know. Yeah. Um, Keane Healy's still there, Earls is still there. So they have a great blend of kind of youth and um, youth and experience. But the one that I'm most interested to see now is see Jack Conan get a good scalp or a good run in the Irish jersey. Now the standard's gone, he'll, he'll stamp that eight in. Yeah. Well, Caelan Doris might have something to say about that. I don't know. Jack Conan was an outstanding eight for Alliance. He was, no, he, well, geez, I'm a big fan of Jack, Jack Conan. Jack Conan's the goalie's boot bag if you want, maybe, but uh, no, Jack Conan for me is the man. I think Jack Conan is, is, a, uh, is a nailed on starter for He's hard, like, he's just he's, a hard man, like. Yeah, yeah. very Jamie, like. Um, yeah, Doris is good, don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. Jack Conan had an outstanding line store. Yeah. Led the stats on many occasions and all fronts, like. Yeah. Um, but we're so lucky to have the depth charts that we have in the back row. Oh, lads, it's crazy. Gavin Bit Coombs, <laughs> like Gavin Coombs, is a is a monster of a chap. Oh, yeah, he's just. So yeah, watching him last year, though, like when you like, I love him. I think he's incredible. I think he's brilliant. Is he is he out and out athletic enough? Like, is he? He's great in around close contact. In around, is he a fan of Fleur kind of player? Fit wise, yeah, remains to be seen. I actually would rate him. Rate him. Pound for pound, like like for like in position, I would probably rate him even a bit higher than Van der Fleer. I think he yeah. he does more donkey work than what you want from kind of a six. He does more of a six work. Yeah, yeah that, that that's one of the things I really like about about Coombs. Yeah. Um, he's an out and out number eight. He's not a yeah. number eight, or he's not a number seven that can play eight, or a six that can play eight, or a second row that can go back. He's an out and out number eight, which is something we haven't had really since he's. You know, mm, yeah. you know that's like sta- standard. Standard was cover the back row, and Doris can go across the back row. Like eight, eight played there a couple of times. It's a hard position to play, like you know. So, mm-hmm. um, mm. I, I think Doris has a big future for our, or not Doris, but Coombs has a big future for Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the minute, is he? He's just not at that level just yet. I think. With standard gone out of monster now, you might see him get more game time at eight as well. In in mm, true, yeah. in, in in the big games, you know, because yeah, when the big games came around last year, the games when they came around last year, they moved him onto the flank. You know, yeah, he didn't get a shot in the day, yeah. I think what we want, and it just this ties into looking at the United Rugby Championship starts this weekend: Leinster against the Vodacom Bulls on Saturday, Munster against the Celtic Sharks, but. That conversation, James, Johnny, uh, sort of lends itself to, I think we're all willing uh, Munster to take a step up this year. Zebo's back, bring a bit of spark, injection, sell a few tickets, um, but get a bit of confidence back in that Munster team as well. Carberry can settle himself a bit this season because he's back properly for the full season. Uh, you know, you have uh, RG Snyman back as well from injury. or coming back. Sorry, he's like a new signing. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's seven minutes until he fell off that line out against Leinster uh, up in the Aviva. Um, you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff there, but we like Leinster would love to see Munster stepping up as well because yeah. it, the be- better they are, the better we are. You know, yeah, speaking you know, of Leinster point of view. 
I remember Gift Grove all of those years ago when they were talking about Liverpool and Stevie Gerrard and we were there and thereabouts up until Christmas and then we're just in the mix and then we fade away and things go wrong, you know. That's been monster for the last 10 or 11 years. But I just read today, actually, they brought in the late, that lady, Caroline Currid, who was the Limerick GA performance coach. And I think she worked with Galway when, when they won the All-Ireland, her and All-Ireland as well. I think she has, an, she has an incredible reputation. So you'd hope her influence with Munster will make a little bit of a difference, you know, because maybe it might give players a little bit of extra focus or not. It's hard to know. I've never been in that professional environment, but, um, you know, small differences make, as the fellas says, small pebbles make big ripples. But Munster... You know, I think Van Grand is in the last season of, of his contract here as well. You know, he's he's going to be playing for his future here. If he doesn't succeed with Munster, you know, Munster nice might be take it is done then. He's, yeah, you know, and no. don't forget, you know, um, Stephen Larkham is there. And Stephen Larkham is probably looking bigger picture. He's not coming. He didn't come over here just to be second in line, you know, in the long term. I wouldn't be surprised if if um, I, I don't like Van Graan. I, I think he's I think he's too conservative. I don't think Same. he he ever he ever really challenged that enough out of that Munster team. I think Rob Penny, when he was there, was getting Munster playing good rugby and they and they shipped him out. Um, Axel came in and looking unfortunately for him. The other Erasmus came in, had them going reasonably well, but I think they've even gone backwards under Van Graan since then. So. It's a big season for him, and if he if they don't perform the goods or produce the goods this year, I think it'll be look at thanks Johan, time to go. We've given you four, yeah. what is it, four years, three, four years. Uh, Absolutely. Have to pass the book over to Stephen Larkham and Graham Roundtree and somebody else. And don't like there's a reason there's a reason that Flat Jerry Flannery and Felix Jones both left at the same time. You know, yeah. there's there has to be more to that. They just didn't say well, they were off. Like Felix Jones is over in South Africa now. And um, World Cup winner is over with Harlequins, you know, uh, and they both a World Cup winner with South Africa and a Premiership winner with Harlequins, you know. There's a, mm. there's a deeper reason than that. It's if you scratch beneath the surface, so you know the spotlight is on Van Grand this year, big time to perform. Yeah, I think it's a culture the, problem. Potentially, yeah. I think there's a culture problem there because you don't have two two Irish guys leaving Irish province for no apparent no. reason. Uh, finances don't come into it for yeah. like Jerry Flannery, I imagine. He's most yeah. of through. He would have stayed there. Yeah. Um, and you look actually... Honest, you know, lads, I don't think Munster are going to do anything. Yeah, your man Peter McCabe, the head of high performance, uh, the head of the academy left at the end of last season. Yeah, that's right, they, yeah. have, they have brought back, and their strength and conditioning coach left as well, the American guy. Um, so Dennis, Leamy, brought, Dennis Leamy is up in Leinster. Like. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's more so to do with the suits down in Munster. They didn't want to give Leamy a full-time job. Leamy wanted to, wanted to work for Munster, but he wanted a full-time role. And how should you say? The so-called executives down, down in Munster said, no, we'll give you a part-time role. Leinster came along and offered him a full-time role. At the time, Ouch. he was coaching Cashel. And, but there's opportunities um, missed, like, you know, by yeah, Munster. So there's you know, a culture problem at the top table then. If you look in Leinster, and Johnny, you were in the Leinster coaching system, there's Munster guys all over the place. You have Billy Fielding, you have the two Hogans, um, Noel McNamara, um, Dennis Leamy now, there's, uh, John Fogarty. There's Munster guys all over the place. Yeah, we're in good positions as well. In key like positions. There's, there's, there's something amiss there, you know, and they, 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 they really need to 
get pull their head back in or take it out of the sand and get themselves together because you know they risk becoming you know they risk becoming a Liverpool who were once big and then just you know as I said filter back into the background and compete for two thirds of the season then when it gets down to the the business time you know same old same old. Yeah, I think that's it. I think what they need to do is they need to invest a lot of time into their underage structure. If you look at Leinster's 18s and 19s interpros and 18 girls interpros, they are just consistently just knocking them out yeah. the back roll after roll after roll oh. again and again and again. Munster are not even competing oh. with Leinster. Yeah. One of the Did big you... things, if you look at all of the young guys that have come through the system in Munster recently, like the Witcheries, the West Coast Mafia, as they're called, like. Yeah. <laughs> they are all coming through the youth system, but they're all coming from Cork. And John O'Neill, God, um, God rest him, um, died there at Christmas. But he, he he was one of the main guys in driving that on. How should we say down the south the south of Munster? He's originally from Waterford. He played for Munster. He coached us, played in the Towns Cup final with us as well. But um, he was heavily responsible for producing those players. And I remember chatting with him once, and he said. A big issue that they're having in Munster at the moment is rugby is booming in Cork. But in Limerick, believe it or not, it's starting to tip off because Hurling is doing so well. Yeah, they're all yeah. playing, loads of them are playing. And I think someone said to me recently, in the Munster Academy two years ago, there was no Limerick kid. That's true. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, wrong, that's, right. that's mental. And Limerick would have been the strong rugby community. Yeah. Coleman's in the centre of it. Like. Yeah. It would have been the strongest you know, rugby I mean, community. Like. There's systemically something wrong. And, on a flip, and a lot of people from Munster will go, ah, but your Leinster has the pro- the population on this. That's only That's an not. excuse to a degree as well. Like the, yeah. You know, yeah, Leinster, where Leinster have a brilliant advantage is their school system is incredible. Mm. You know, schools rugby is incredible. And now they're going even deeper down into, into youth rugby. Um, you know, the Munster school system isn't like that. Some of the more traditional schools like our school are now focusing on Harlem as well, so... You know, I think it's. Uh, I, I think Leinster have done an incredible job over the last ten years, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down. Um, the the level of rugby player that's coming through and getting to senior rugby at Leinster is unbelievable. But even the players that aren't getting through and going overseas and going elsewhere, you know, I often think to myself, is there actually space for a fifth professional team in Ireland to take the surplus of players that are not making it? And get them into a professional environment as well, and keep them in the country. Yeah, keep them in the country, play for the country. Split Leinster in two lads. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't don't get, actually don't get ahead of ourselves. The Midlands, to be honest with you. Yeah. I actually had a chat with, with with Johnny Butler and Tony Smith about this. We're up at, at Trinity one day, and I was just saying to him, "Is it ever going to stop the Leinster conveyor belt? Like, it has to hit a stunt sometime." And the lads are just saying, "Like, if you look at the school, you're talking about the school system. Michaels have produced a massive amount of professional rugby players Not in the last." seven eight years and that's one school like in in leinster in, in a 12 county province like and they're just it's like leinster sub sub academy they're just mm-hmm. pumping players out professional rugby players like the conveyor belt doesn't seem to stop at the at the moment i can't see no i, I honestly i can honestly say i couldn't see leinster dropping out of the top tiers in this in in europe in the next five years they, they're hard, just gonna, hard to see like unless somebody cuts the funding drastically or the other, if you go wallop, it's not happening. Like, but there's like there's a box office player coming through every year. Every you year. Know, coming through yeah. from Academy. There's someone coming through, mm. like, and you're kind of going, holy crap, like, like where's it coming from? And it's back to the out half question earlier on. 
Leinster have three and potentially four out ads that could be yeah, in for the Irish. For Irish. You know, yeah. you know like you, we even looked out at the 18s interprovincial team there this year, like Adam Day from Tullo. I was talking to Ben Armstrong about him a couple of months ago, and Ben said to me, now, I didn't really take much heed on him until I watched Adam play because I coached him a few years back and I knew he was good. But Ben said to me, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. And I watched oh. a once-in-a-lifetime tie head. Adam played back row for me in the club. I watched a couple of Interpro games and the, the video I had him recorded and watched him. He's absolutely outstanding. Oh. And if I was watching that as a, a non-known to Adam of who he is and whatever, I'd be saying, who is this kid? Every year there's some outstanding player but in every position. Like yeah. we're pumping tight heads out of it now between Furlong, Porter, you know, like they're just pumping them out of it. It's yeah. it's it's frightening, and all in key positions. Mm, like yeah. you see on the, on Facebook, there are all ruby groups lads be giving out. Oh, we're playing. we uh, England are playing Leinster in the Six Nations. Sure, get your academies working. Get your get your players upskilled. You know, like, but that strategy, Johnny, as well. Like remember, I remember ten years ago the. There was an issue with Tighthead in Ireland, and mm. Reggie Corrigan used to come around to all of the clubs, and he'd be doing scrum clinics, going around everywhere doing scrum clinics. Ken Nance, all these guys, and they just went and focused on the front row. And remember, they had a they have an, a, 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 a system called Route sixty six for second rows. And if, regardless, if you're six, I remember that, yeah, plus, yeah. And an over six six was going in six six. Yeah. was going in for a trial whether they played rugby or not you were kind yeah. of said come play rugby see how you go you know what that's that's strategy that's planning that's long term as, as yeah, I not, yeah. that's a driver for growth like you know yeah i remember this funny top of route 66 uh brendan murphy plays football for carlo county was actually as, as far as i remember he was approached by Leinster to give rugby a shot hmm. he's six 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 uh, i think six six yeah. or six seven or something he's a big unit of a man that was a good few years back now like that was Nine years ago, yeah, I'd say. It was planning gone into that as well. Like that's, it's not just something that just happened overnight and said, hey, we've all these rugby players, we're great lads. Yeah. You know, you have to go back, even when Schmidt came in first and who was it, Phil Lawler up in Nace, all of these guys, they all sat back and put a strategy together. And you're seeing the fruits of it now. And, you yeah. know, it, it it probably is a blueprint for, for, for um, other provinces and other regions around the world to look at to see what Leinster have done. You know? Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But there has like, been massive work, you know. Hmm. Um, I know the main Leinster team are getting the rewards of it now, but the hours, I know Phil Lawler from this as well, like the hours that man has put into it, and Decky O'Brien yeah. down here and Ben Armstrong. Yeah. Nine hours, the weeks, the months of planning and stuff. Hmm. It's it's incredible. It really yeah. is incredible. You know, that's, that's why I, I say it. I don't say, I'd say it honestly. That's why Leinster are probably... After the Crusaders will be the best club team in the world. Yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, uh, looking forward to this season, lads, with the provincial stuff. Even the likes of Scott Penny last year, towards the end of the season, back row for Leinster, class, class player. Mark Maloney from Mackay. Yeah, Ryan Baird. He's only starting to fill out like he's only a kid. As the fellow says to me, lad, the other recently, he said, when Ryan Baird grows up, won't he be a great player? Oh, yeah, Yeah. I myself. (laughs) Yeah, he's just, he's a specimen. Like, wait till he actually fills out and you gets know, a bit of bulk like, remember this? Remember the, the, the try he scored last year? He ran and he did a zigzag and came back at us. Like, for a second row to do that kind of stuff, like, you know, Jimmy Mack, if you did yeah, that, you're like, back three players. Well, 
pulls you off the pitch by the ear and told you second rows aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> you know? you, he, we have hamstrings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once I pulled a hamstring, and Tom Halpin looked at me and said, "No, you haven't. You pulled a fast one." <laughs> you drink big off. Oh, that's it. Well, lads, we're looking forward to it anyway. I'm heading up to the Leinster uh, Vodacom Bulls match. It's going to be interesting to see how Leinster, once we get on against the South Africans, uh, they're going to throw a spanner in the works possibly this season. And it's a new format. It's a new everything. Sure. We'll see how it goes, the lads said. Uh, go well in your own games this weekend. That's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast and scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act and lots more. Talk to you soon.